It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on in to Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Sweet. So had to had to really stretch for the mic. No, there. you're good, man. You've been up since like three o'clock this morning, helping me out with the morning show. So I appreciate that. All right, fun show lined up today. We are joined by Jake Crane with the J Boy Show. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Of course, dude. Of course, we had fun on your show yesterday. I was a guest on there, and we had a blast. We're like, let's do this again. Let's do this again. <laughs> so I invited you on over, and you took advantage of it. So I really appreciate it, boss. Hey, no problem. Uh, like, like you said, dude, it was a blast yesterday, and, and uh, I think it's a great way to kick it off and, and keep the mo rolling, baby. Let's do it, man. So a big thing that we talked about on your show uh, was the defensive side of the football. We started things off with the defensive front. Uh, on this conversation today, and you've got, you've got experience coaching defensive backs, so I thought it'd be cool to kind of take a deep dive into some of the defensive backs on Auburn's 2020 roster that you're kind of excited on. And, you know, there's a guy that you kind of called out on your show yesterday in our conversation that we'll get to in a moment that I thought people will find that interesting. But let's start at the cornerback position. I mean, you had some really, really high praise for Roger McCreary. And I kind of I kind of came into it as, you know, from a, as a skeptical point of view. And you kind of said, like, you know, that's valid that you're feeling that way. But but here's why, you know, it's it's OK to assume that Roger McCreary is going to be really, really good as Auburn's number one corner next year. Yeah, and and it's a few things, and and again, uh, the point you brought up yesterday was a good one. That when you lose that many people, you know, obviously it is conjecture when you're looking at the next group. When really you don't have a proven guy uh, per se coming back. But yeah. really, what I've heard about Roger McCreary, and it, when you're coaching defensive backs, athleticism is one thing. I mean, for these guys to be able to play and compete at this level, and whether it's man coverage or zone coverage, they have to be athletic enough to do it. So taking the athleticism aside, the next step is really the mental IQ, natural feel of the game, especially at corner, especially with what Auburn does, because Steele isn't afraid to put them on an island. But when I watch Roger McCreary, I see the athleticism, I see the flexibility in the hips, I see the ability to change directions, something that him and Javaris Davis, I think, have in common. But what I really hear is that he is a student of the game. And that's a very cliche thing to say, and a lot of people say it, but there are some corners that like to talk a lot of trash, but some are very, very serious about their craft. And everything I've heard about Roger is is he cares about one thing and one thing only, and when that ball's in the air, it's his or it's nobody's. And I trust the people that have told me that. So it is conjecture because it's unproven, but you have to be able to pass that mantle to the next guy, similar to Big Cat, even though he has more experience. You have to be able to have a guy to build off of, and it looks like Auburn the coaching staff is comfortable enough to build off Roger McCreary in the secondary. Do you think he has... I don't know. I know this is a little abstract and arbitrary, but I, I feel like all good number one corners kind of have that swag, not necessarily confidence, but just like kind of carry themselves in a different way. We haven't seen McCreary necessarily do that yet, but then again, like like you said, I mean, he was the number three corner on Auburn's team last mm-hmm. year. So like, is he going to be able to do that uh, going into 2020 as the number one guy? Does his posture change? Does his demeanor change? Because I think it's going to have to to some extent. Well, yeah, and and again, it's like the point we were talking about yesterday. There's a difference in between having confidence and being the guy. There's a difference in between, man, I may have to go in this game or I have a seat at the table. I know all week that I'm playing. And really, as a player, 
it does something different to you when you are the guy. And it's almost a natural change. The biggest thing is I, I used to tell my guys, whenever you've you've redshirted or, or you're you have a chance to win a starting spot going into a season, you can't make it bigger than what it is. You can't change what you've done to get you there. You have to let the natural progression of becoming a dominant player take over. And the best ones do. And some people that that permeates in different ways. That that may permeates in what you call swag celebration and and looking good and having the drip and all that. And some guys like Darrell Rivas just want to go down there, not say a word, and make sure you don't catch a pass the whole game. And I think Roger McCreary is kind of toward the latter. And I think that's what Auburn needs with a bunch of unproven guys, a quiet leader in that secondary that'll get the job done and you can build around. And right now, they've labeled Roger McCreary that guy without a spring. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Zach, you don't know until the lights come on. But uh, they're rolling with him, and, and I think it's the right move. Uh, some... Sorry, I, I'm not trying to contradict you here or anything. But hey, look, dude, hey, it, listen, I, I, I've uh, you tell me what you think, brother. Uh, some things got to change, right? I mean, you want that guy to kind of take take on a a leadership role and, and turn from maybe a, a mentee to a mentor, or, or from someone who is. I don't know, maybe not being a follower to being a leader, but but you definitely want those guys to step up, right? Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, you do, but there's different ways to do it. And again, you have to understand that that's a position group within one side of the ball. I mean, last year, I, I'm sure when Javaris Davis talked, people listened. But when Derek Brown talked, which was very rare and in between, people really listened. There's, there's different ways, and a lot of it is built within the aspect of the defense. To me, when I see Auburn defensively, uh, I think the linebackers are going to be your more, more vocal guys, the K.J. Britts, you know, got the Zacoby McLeans, because, again, they're the ones that are having to make the calls. If Roger McCreary turns into that vocal player, wants to get on everybody when they're doing, you know, when he, they, he thinks they're not doing something right, that's great for him. But I think Auburn does have other players that can carry that mantle. What the Auburn coaches want, and I guarantee you they sit in that room, is one guy when they get off the practice field and they put that film on, they can say, hey, Jalen Simpson, hey, Jay Sean Sheffield, hey, Travion Leonard, Eric Reed Jr., watch Roger right here. This is how I want it to look. And if they could get that right now, they would take it. And again, we don't know who the vocal guys really are in that locker room, and that's how it should be. I just don't know if McCree will ever, ever be that guy, and that's not necessarily a death sentence. And then on the other side, when you look at that corner battle, Michael, you and I have talked about it before, and mm -hmm. then we, we talked about it yesterday on your show, Jake, but that battle between Marco Damio and Nehemiah Pritchett, I was extremely high on Pritchett going into spring. We did several episodes of kind of you know different storylines and top position battles and top guys to watch going into spring, and Pritchett was on all of those lists for me. And then spring gets canceled. And then yeah. it's like, oh, well, you look at Damio, a Juco guy, a highly touted Juco guy coming in in the summer. It's like, oh, well, Pritchett kind of lost a lot of his advantage. And Michael, I know you're high on, on Damio. You've mentioned that before on the show. And and Jake, you mentioned that yesterday uh, yesterday as well, that you're kind of like, OK, you don't bring in a guy like Damio to not play right away. Yeah. It, and again, Mike, you can take it if you want. Uh, I, I just after coaching Juco for four years, man, I never had a coach come in there and sit down and say, hey, we need to we need to back up at this spot. So we want to sign this guy. Very, very rarely would that happen. Typically at the end of a signing class, they missed out on uh, one guy and then a guy they thought they were going to get. But very rarely does that happen. And what I think Auburn's doing here and, and what you have to do, because, again, you look around the cornerback room and there's not a ton of experience uh, like, you know, like we just talked about is to me they're trying to manufacture 
clean, good competition. Because if I'm Nehemiah Pritchett, and this is what we talked about yesterday, and I'm sitting there and thinking, okay, well, McCreary's probably got that one side locked down. I'm feeling like I'm the one at the other corner. And then I go see that Auburn signs a top junior college cornerback. Well, I know probably that guy is going to be going up against me before he's going up against McCreary. And at the end of the day, I think that is going to make Pritchett better. Now, him losing spring, like you said, I think is really going to hurt him because I wouldn't be surprised to see Damio taking some first-team reps uh, this fall or whenever they do get back. But I'm really high on Damio. I think his tape's really good, and I think he's going to push Pritchett and, in my opinion, probably overtake him. What about Christian Tut? Uh, do you think that there is a chance that they move him from the slot and give him a chance to compete for that outside spot? I know that they're... Uh, uh, they're different positions, but we saw Javaris Davis make that move last season. Yeah, I think Christian Tut is is one of the pieces Auburn has that you can move around. I, I think Christian Tut obviously is good enough to play nickel. Uh, that that's kind of a home for him, but he's athletic enough to play corner. He's built more for a corner than he is for safety, just from a stature standpoint. The thing I hate, I always hated to do, especially as a coach, was to move a guy after he's already proven himself within the scheme of the defense against the highest level guys because it's not it's not that you you're trying to fill one hole in the boat and another one's leaking it's just i think they signed damio to not have to do that honestly now could he do it yes if auburn got in a pinch yes but i just think tut's so valuable at that nickel um and now something actually and zach brought this up yesterday i thought this was a really good point if they could somehow get owen papo to kind of cross train at that nickel they could do some things with tut because i think you could put tut at the field corner put him in man-on-man coverage put him against the best receiver especially if they want to go formation into the boundary and uh, which alabama likes to do and and go have some fun with them so i think it's an option but i don't know if that's something they're going to do this early all right, before we uh, before we move on to safeties, because there's a guy that uh, I want I want my audience to hear your thoughts about Jake. But, but, <laughs> I bet but, I know who it is. I, I bet you do. I bet you do. Before we get to that, though, uh, I was dragging this morning, Michael. I was dragging, and you know what I did? Ate a built bar. I ate a built bar. Absolutely, the best tasting bar. It's really hard to explain. You have to experience it for yourself. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. And uh, they have all kinds of flavors, the amazing combination of low-calorie, high-protein, and low-sugar, no additives. And, I mean, they're just a lot better for you. Uh, I mean, really, seven times fewer carbs and seven times fewer uh, grams from sugar than the leading men's health bar. And so you can go to BuiltBar.com to look around. They have all kinds of flavors, nut-free bars made out of a, at a nut-free facility. And so, BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, so pivoting our focus to looking at the safety position. I want I want to hear your thoughts again about Smoke Monday, Jake. Uh, a guy that you think is, uh, is one, limited, and two, could be possibly the weakness of Auburn's uh, defensive backfield next year. Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't want to sound like I don't think Smoke Monday is a good player. 
It's just when I watch him, sometimes it looks like physically and athletically he's out of position. Now, you hear the name Smoke Monday, and you think he can do everything, and it's a cool name and all that. But when I watch So the much film, swag. Yeah, so some swag comes along with that. But, but when you watch the tape, and if you go back and watch the Alabama tape, Waddell made a lot of money all right, on Smoke Monday. And the reason is I don't think Smoke Monday is super gifted, and I keep using this term flexibility in their hips. That's the first thing you look for at DB. Do both their eyes work, and are they flexible in their hips? And when I watch him at safety, because it's very hard to ask, regardless of what coverage you're running, because you know everybody says you run zone coverage, you run man coverage. Well, it's zone coverage until it turns into man coverage. So at some point, you are going to probably have to be covering somebody man-to-man. And if I'm at Smoke, Mon- if I'm Smoke Monday, and we're in a too-high set, and we're playing quarter-quarter halves or quarters, and I have to say inside leverage on the slot of him running a post or him running a corner, I don't know if he's athletic enough to be able to do it from 10, from 12 yards, uh, and and be consistent, especially if Auburn wants wants to run cover one, which they started to get into, Kevin Steele really started to get into because he was comfortable with what he had out there on the back end. But I expect Auburn to play more zone this year, and I just don't know if he's a zone safety. I think he is a cover one, you have to go in the sky and react, but naturally to his core, I think he is a down safety. I think he is a box player. How much is that out of tune with Auburn's defense? I mean, this is a real question. Again, I'm not like trying to be critical. Hey, dude, I know. Do your th- uh, hey, look, do your thing. I enjoy real questions. Okay. Uh, you know, Daniel Thomas, uh, Smoke Mund, not Smoke, uh, Daniel Thomas, uh, Jeremiah Dinson, um, Trey Matthews, who's the other safety with Trey Matthews. Uh, I mean, all, all these guys have been primarily, you know, tacklers. They've been known for coming down in the box and, and making plays more so than than being, you know, really good coverage guys or, or ball hawks. So uh, is, is Smoke Monday's uh, maybe limitations in coverage, are, are those going to be big glaring weaknesses when, when in Auburn's base defense? Yeah, here's what scares me, because I, I'm, I'm thinking of things not in terms of just base defense. I'm thinking of what happens if they come and, and they line up and they're in 11 personnel, one tight end and one running back, and all of a sudden they flex out to empty. And you have one or two empty checks, and one of them, primarily most of them, are man-to-man. And that's when you get a lot of your different combinations, especially to the three-receiver side. They, offenses are going to find a way to get Smoke Monday in one-on-one situations. Regardless of what coverage Auburn is in, they can find him because they can see him. Because when that offensive coordinator is making the call, he's looking at the amount of people in the box and how many safeties are at the top. And if they see Smoke Monday is at the top and there's too high in, in, in what Auburn does, there is going to be a check and they are going to find him. So I, I think about it in worst case scenario because nothing makes me more sick than it be third and 12 and they come out in 11 personnel they flex into empty auburn makes their empty check everybody's in man they run a pick on smoke monday and hit him on a pipe route up uh, hit the number three receiver on a pipe route up the middle and you give up a touchdown so that's really the way that i'm looking at it and now again I'm sure if I know that and I can see that, then Kevin Steele can see that. I'm sure the Auburn coaches know that, but you can only protect a guy so much. It's like in baseball, when the third baseman makes an error, I guarantee you the next ball is coming right back to him. It's just it's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I want to get uh, I want to get your thoughts on some of the younger defensive backs 
uh, that could possibly step up in 2020 for Auburn. Coming up next right here on Locked On Auburn. We're taking a look back at the best year in Auburn football history. This is for all the Tostitos. Listen to our upcoming series, remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. All this team does is win. Relive Cam Newton's Heisman run. That was extraordinary. That kind of run makes you want to strike a post. That was a Heisman run if I've ever seen one. Auburn's opportunistic defense. It's a safety! Intercepted! He'll run it in! Ball comes loose. Touchdown, Auburn! There's Bynes again! Intercepted! Intercepted in the end zone! And that's your ball game! All the way from Jordan-Hare Stadium. Glendale, Arizona. Here come the Tigers. Hear the story told by Jason Caldwell, voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, Mike Svenitz, and more. The series will drop mid to late May on Locked On Auburn. It's going to be on, it's going to be on, it's going to be on, and it's going to be insane. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, man, we got a few minutes left. So, I mean, we've talked about all these guys, and it kind of seems like we know who the starters are going to be. They may kind of move around and be a little flexible and versatile as far as what they do, but are there any true freshmen coming in that you think can kind of wither the storm of not having a spring, not being on campus during the summer, and kind of do enough during fall camp and the early parts of the season to be able to make an impact this season. I love Ladarius Tennyson because of his athleticism and his ability to move and all of that, but I just don't see any of these true freshman guys in 2020 being able to really hit the field as far as playing defense. Maybe some special teams, but I just don't really see them playing any relevant snaps on defense. Where do you stand on that? Uh, you know, when I look at it, and again, I think it goes back to the Marco Damio signing. I don't think they would have signed him if they thought they had a freshman coming in that was definitely going to compete for time. If I had to, just looking at it, and I'm with you on the same thing, if I had to make a prediction, I think Eric Reed Jr., maybe, maybe just watching his tape, but with, you know, not having the spring and there be, being so much indecision, I don't know how many true quality reps some of these true freshmen are going to get when they start, you know, when it gets started, because that's really where it screws you, in my opinion, is you it's almost like not having bowl practices. Now you don't get to get the extra reps for the guys you need to evaluate. Maybe he can help us. Maybe he can be a third corner, a fourth corner. Maybe he can come in and play safety for us. But true freshman wise, Zach, I, I really don't see it. The guy I'm interested in and it. It was uh, another side. It was rivals that came out, and and it seems that Matthew Hill has moved over to the safety slot. Th- right. That's one I'm interested in. Why is that? Just because he's athletic. I mean, I, he was he was a four star safety, but I've Auburn always wanted... thought he was a defensive player, Zach. If you watch his tape, I've always thought he was a defensive player. I, I always thought he was. He just he's he's got length. He's smooth. He's not scared. I, I just think they saw him go up and catch the ball a few times. And, and Auburn, you know, in the receiver room, it's kind of kind of wishy-washy sometimes. But I've just always thought he was a defensive player, Zach. Uh, you you and Zach both just brought up the, the big break and everything that we've had. Do you think that um, 
Do you, do you think that affects the cornerbacks less than the safeties? Uh, just from a standpoint of, you know, uh, a lot of these guys who are playing corner may have a brother or a, a sibling, a close friend that they could, you know, go out and, and, and run routes with um, maybe at home or, or at a high school facility or something and, and kind of work on their game that way. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of it. And in Auburn's case, you know, obviously it's going to affect the corners more than the safeties because you do have some returners at safety with Sherwood and, and Smoke Monday. But uh, at the end of the day, it's such a weird, nuanced situation because it's a lot of it's determined on who you're around. I think uh, at this point, a lot of times, this is where the trainers that everybody always complains about in recruiting actually kind of help. It, it really kind of keeps your guys where they're at. I'm sure there's some schools pulling some strings behind closed doors. I guarantee you in the SEC there's some schools doing it. But uh, I think really just from the general kid who's going into a, his college years and, and and hasn't played in college, I think it affects them about the same just depending on what resources they have around them. Jake, good stuff, my friend. We need to do this uh, a little more often. Where can people uh, listen to you and find all your stuff, brother? Uh, well, uh, I, I appreciate it, Zach. You can find us uh, on Twitter. Uh, the handle's at the J Boy Show. It's T H E J B O Y S H O W. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The same thing. Just type in the J Boy Show. Twitter's the best way. Um, Zach, uh, uh, I love coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Michael, it was great to talk to you too. I, I, I thought it was a good conversation. Let's do it again. Awesome, Jake. Thank you so much, Michael. Where can people find you, brother? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackby. Follow the show on Twitter. At- at Locked On Auburn on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.